This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 snowshoes, touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop E.H. And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! Oh! Are you serious? Slam jam Get him ready for the NBA Dunkin' Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson and still a little frozen, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, did you test out those roads this afternoon? I just stay on the main roads. The one turn that you have to make to make it turn. here to the radio station. The one turn I have to make. Steve always asked me, oh, how's it looking up north? Because my, my track to get here on these snow days can be a little interesting sometimes. Yeah. You get up north of Casey's, and it is wide they open space. They don't do much on old 81. No, they, they, they don't think about us. We, we have to really work hard to make it here. We have to slide around, drive real slow. But that's the, that's the tough times of living on the north side, Steve. We'll yeah. give you that. But uh, that was the craziest thing. Uh, I've ever seen last night. A little thunder snow? Thunder snow. Yeah, I remember when I was watching the Weather Channel one time and that Jim Cantori guy, who's, who's you know, kind of like their most popular guy, he was out in it and, and thunder snow was going. Every time there would be a, a, you know, the, the thunder going, he'd go, yeah, he'd be jumping up and down. <laughs> and then there'd be another one. He goes, there's another one. He'd be losing his mind because you just don't see thunder snow very often. We had a just an absolute lightning show last night. I'm sure that made you very nervous. No, nah, I went to bed. Sure. Well, we have a special guest in studio today. I think he wanted to come on yesterday and talk about the Kansas Jayhawks and their really poor performance against Kansas State on Tuesday night. But we had Jerry Fithian as well as David Farrell in to talk about Central Christian. But we've got boys coach Kirk Kinnaman. I think that you came on for a snow day last year in the month of February. Was it maybe the... Day that you were supposed to play Augusta the first time that you came on? That may very well have been, Jim, yeah. You're the snow day man. I, well, got a little free time on the snow day talking well, about some I've Jayhawks. Never seen, i got to say, I've never seen anyone that prays for bad weather more than Coach Kenneman. <laughs> he really does. Does he, that mean you, you like snow days? Well, snow days are good. I, I got about five games watched this morning, and uh, so it gave me a little chance to, to work ahead. Well, that's good. I was doing the same thing yesterday. I'm working ahead and getting ready for a busy week next week, but still getting ready for Winfield tomorrow night. Normally, you sort of have a policy with us that when KU is playing, same time that you're playing a game, you tell us, don't don't tell me the score. I don't want to know. I'm going to go back and watch it later. And I asked you the other day, do you want me to tell you? No. And I think it was at halftime at that point. And KU led K-State by three, 
And Steve didn't have a lot of faith, but I kept thinking in the back of my mind, they're going to come out in the second half. They're going to make some shots, get some stops. K-State doesn't shoot it that well anyway. KU's going to win this game. But the Jayhawks did not really make any stops. K-State kept making shots from the field. The Jayhawks couldn't make anything. What were your takeaways after re-watching the Jayhawks and their very ugly second-half performance? Well, I was kind of like you, Jim. Once they were ahead at halftime, I thought things might be okay. And then uh, second half came around. They came out. LeGerald didn't start, so you had to know that uh, something had transpired there probably, which is never good for your team when uh, your supposed senior leader comes out and has been benched the, to start the second half. And then, uh, you know, what I took away from it is K-State really guards. Yeah. You know, as far as playing man-to-man defense and getting out in the passing lanes and pressuring the basketball, they do a great job of that. And, and hats off to them because uh, KU couldn't run their offense. Now, you get a little inside information for both of these teams since you know a lot about the KU program. You and Coach Self talk a little bit throughout the summer, and you know how their program is run. You have a little bit of an inside scoop on Dean Wade for K-State from that tiny little town in central Kansas that's not even close to a McDonald's. I don't think I've heard him say that this year. But the Cowboy always gives you a scouting report on what's going on up there. So you get to see a little bit more with these two teams than maybe the average person does. You get to know a little bit more about what's going inside. Do you think that this is a K-State team that can make a really deep run? Because I wasn't convinced early, but after a performance like I saw on Tuesday night, they convinced me that maybe they could be another Sweet 16 team or maybe even a Big 12 champion. Well, I, th- I think they're in the driver's seat probably to be the Big 12 champion. I know Steve still thinks that Iowa State's probably the team to beat, but uh, when you can guard that well, and, and uh, Dean Wade presents a unique matchup problem for, for everybody they play because he can step out on the floor and, and make a shot, and he can put it on the floor and go by people. And, uh, you know, if you, if you have Cartier Jada throwing in threes from the corner, and then you have uh, – I think Barry Brown's a little bit underrated. I've never been a big Barry Brown fan because I thought he shot too much. But Barry Barry Brown has had a great year this year for them, and and Kamal Stokes is as quick as anybody, and um, May Ween's a good big body. And I I still say the X factor is the X man Xavier Sneed, because when he's really good, that seems like when K State's really good. And he seems to really kind of save his best for KU. Well, and he has, and, and you know, to use the your favorite Jay Billis, he is tremendously athletic. Uh, Xavier Sneed, uh, as far as running, jumping, getting in a stance, moving laterally, he's as good an athlete as there is out there. You know one of my friends, Connor Bouchard, who was the coach at Winfield a couple of years ago. He is a big KU fan. His family is very involved in the program. And I asked Coach Bouchard the other day, I said, what's the difference with this KU team in your opinion? And he was there the day that you and I and the rest of your staff saw KU practice in November, October, however long ago it was. And he told me, and I talked about it on the air yesterday, that the difference with this year's KU team and maybe any of Coach Self's other teams is having a veteran point guard or at least somebody that can have the ball in their hands a decent amount of the time and be able to take over games where it's a Frank Mason, it's a Devontae Graham, it's a Sharon Collins, a player like that, that they don't really have that this year. And maybe that's the leadership standpoint. 
is that one significant thing that you see is that there's not really that floor general for KU? Well, not necessarily, Jim, because I think Dotson's pretty good. I, I think he does a pretty good job as a freshman. And if you compare his stats to, you know, Frank Mason when he was a freshman, Dotson has way better statistics. Uh, I think Frank, towards the end of his career, and Devontae, obviously, those guys could go and just get you a basket. And uh, Dotson, um, if he's going to get you a basket, it's going to have to be off the drive, driving all the way to the basket. And he is only six foot two, and, and he gets in there sometimes. And uh, officials don't call fouls when little guys drive to the basket. They just let the big guys kill them. But um, I think the biggest difference is they're short. They're short two bigs now. Right. Uh, you know, they're just so small. Well, I think their thing is they, they don't shoot the three. They're yeah. terrible from the three. I mean – they can't make a three unless LeGerald gets in one of those streaks where he, you know, every so often when the mood strikes him, he'll knock down three or four, you know, in a half. But man, those those streaks have been very few and far between since early in the season. Well, and and that first game of the year, Grimes came out and made what six five, threes, five five yeah. threes, and I'm not sure he's made that many threes the rest <laughs> of the season, really. And and I think they're struggling a little bit with. Uh, confidence and and Grimes in particular you know there were times in the game the other night against K-State where uh, I remember one in particular just he threw the ball out of bounds and he he just looks perplexed out on the floor and uh, you can't play that way especially when a team's really heating you up defensively like K-State did and like Greg Gurley said Grimes and even Dotson at times they look like freshmen on the floor and it seems like in the past the KU freshmen have looked like juniors, but now they, they really did look like freshmen. And this is a team that's in big trouble. I mean, they're going to make the tournament, of course, but I, I'm, I said it right now, they will not win the Big 12 just because they can't win on the road. Even if they go 9-0 and at home, they're already 1-5 in, in the Big 12 on the road. I know they're 1-6 overall, so yeah, probably 1-5 or 1-4. Yeah, 1-4. Yeah, that's right. they got four road games left. So, I mean, in the conference, other than maybe Oklahoma State, I'm not sure the other ones they can win. One weird thing about this KU team, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about a year ago with this KU team, and one of the things was they're just not good enough inside. They've got Yudoka down there, and then sometimes Silvio. I think at that point he wasn't really even playing that much yet. But you had these great three-point shooters, and that we were saying, oh, you live by the three, you die by the three. This team is going to run into some trouble later on in the year. But they avoided some of that trouble because they were such good three-point shooters. And I thought at the beginning of this year with KU that because they would have more size inside and maybe not quite as much three-point shooting, that it would help them. And I don't think it really did all that much at the beginning of the year. And Coach Kinnaman, now I see this trend, whether it's high school basketball, whether it's college basketball, or even the NBA, you have to be able to shoot from three to win in today's game. And the Golden State Warriors have shown us that at the NBA level. And college, KU kind of showed us that, that this past year. But now I think it's really starting to be plain to see. You've got to be able to shoot the three. Now with your team, that hasn't been as much the case this year. But at the college level, I think that three-pointer, every team's got to have people that can really shoot it. Exactly right. And that, that's the only way to open up the inside. If, if you don't have to respect people from the outside, you can really help inside. And, and that's why Diedrich Lawson's having so much trouble. They can, they can run somebody in to double team him on every pass that goes inside. And, 
and not worry about a slow closeout because they just don't shoot it that well. And uh, if you had a superior uh, physical specimen like Udoka in there uh, who can really jump and stuff, but that's not what Lawson is. Lawson needs kind of a floor-spaced type deal, and he's the only guy they have that can really – uh, score inside, but he does it with craftiness and cunning and, and guile. Cunning and guile, yeah. and, and you know, because he can't jump. You know, his vertical jumps probably thirty inches, maybe, and and that seems like a lot, but for a college basketball player, that's not that much. But so it's really hurt him. Um, you know, I thought Mitch Lightfoot uh, on uh, Tuesday night gave him great energy in the first yeah. half. He came in, he got six points and. Five rebounds and he went after every ball. He doesn't trust him for whatever reason. He just doesn't seem to trust him. Well, and, you know, what did he play in the second half? Two minutes. Two minutes. So, um, you know, I don't know. I think you're right. He doesn't trust him for whatever reason. I'm not certainly not going to question Coach Self on, you know, why he does things because of, you know, his stature and his success. But uh, I thought Mitch did really well. And, and uh David McCormick, I don't think even played that Didn't, I can no. remember against Did not K-State. Play. You know, you bring in a McDonald's All-American, and he can't even get on the floor. So there must be a slow learning curve there for uh, Mr. McCormick, and like to see him get rolling because you you look at the guy and he is a physical specimen. And that's a, I think it's another trust factor. He just doesn't trust him. One thing is when you throw the ball into him, you just don't know if he's going to catch. It seems like he has a. Tr- Tough time catching the basketball it's, sometimes. It's frustrating when you have a big guy that can't catch because you want to throw it in there, yeah. certainly. But if he can't catch it, you you hesitate. When you and I saw Coach Self's team in October, I think it was late October. I don't, I don't remember exactly when it was. But I walked away that day and thought, well, this team, maybe they're not super polished yet, but they've got so many great players. And that was at the time where, Azubuki was still healthy. I think he rolled his ankle a couple of times that day and was whining around on the floor. Silvio De Sosa, I think, that day got a little bit of a suspension, or at least they knew they weren't going to play him. But the team was at full strength. And I think you and I walked away from him that day and thought, this is a number one team in the country caliber team. And that has not been the case. Did you think that they were a number one team tight team in the country when you walked away that day like I did or did you think okay it might take a while then they'll be good down the stretch I I thought they were going to be really good I don't know that I thought they were number one in the country Uh, I remember walking away that that Quentin Grimes had a particularly bad practice that day if you'll remember back Mm and uh, you know it, it seemed like the shooting woes were starting to rear their head early on and so uh that was my only doubt but I thought you know, with uh, the ability of Lawson to pass and pass into Yudoka, that was going to be a lethal combination. Now he doesn't have another big to pass to, and uh, I think that has really hurt them. We've got Coach Kinneman in studio with us this afternoon on a snow day. Steve, Coach Kinneman, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bullpup basketball as you guys get ready for a fun, well, maybe a fun trip, might be a scary trip down to Winfield on Friday night due to some of this weather, but we'll talk about that and the rest of these upcoming games to get ready for the postseason. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, and McPherson Boys Basketball Coach Kurt Kinneman as we enjoy a little snow day this afternoon, second day in a row with no school for McPherson, and hopefully, I guess, there will be school tomorrow for most of these schools I'll in bet, the area. I bet our man Carter's ready to get back to school. Oh, I'm sure everybody's ready Chomping to get back to school. Well, Coach Kinneman, as we take a look into your week that's upcoming, Winfield on Friday and then looking ahead to next week, you've got another tough game with Bueller at home on Tuesday. Then you'll turn around and play Friday on the road at Circle and then go up to Lawrence and play Free State on a Saturday night. And it was originally going to be, I think, an 8.30 game, and that's been moved now to 7.30. But looking ahead to the rest of this week and then into next week, You've got a loaded schedule coming up and a lot of games and the most volume of games that you've played since the McPherson Invitational, but this is a team that is really playing well right now, and as you look ahead to what's coming up, I think you know that you've got to keep playing well and keep playing with that same energy that you did last week to get ready for four really important games. Exactly, Jim. Uh, can't take... Can't take a break on any of those. Actually, five really important games. Yeah, then the Augusta game after. You know, you think about it. And, and uh, starting with Winfield, hopefully tomorrow night, I, I surely the roads will clear off some. I, I talked to Ben Ponce and down at Winfield, and he was wondering if uh, they're out of school today too and wondering if he thought we were going to make it. And I, I told him I didn't have any idea. But, uh, you know, Winfield played uh, Arc City uh, pretty much even through three quarters. Uh, and I th think Arc City's pretty good. And then uh, you think about uh, Bueller coming in here, always a, a tough game just because of the rivalry game. Then at Circle, and Circle's had some good wins this year. They're capable. And uh, then you go to Free State on Saturday, and, and we know how good Free State is. So uh, we have a, a stretch where we're going to have to be locked in. How difficult do you think it could be playing a game on Friday night at Circle, which is about an hour trip, and then have to turn around and make a two-and-a-half-hour trip to Lawrence. Well, I, I don't think it's going to be easy, um, but I think it's it's kind of a perfect game for us from the standpoint of we had a huge scout. Coach Fald already put together a huge scout on Free State, and I think I gave it away to Christian Olsaker, so I'm going to have to get a hold of him and get that sucker back. But uh, <laughs> Treg's working on – free state as we speak right now and, and uh coach Knitz is is handling circle for us and then uh yeah, i was working on the bueller scout this morning i i don't like looking ahead to people but you, you have to do that um i worked yesterday on on getting more stuff on winfield because we had more time um but for whatever reason we either play really good or not very good at winfield and uh, I'm hoping it's one of those we play really well. well I think the there's been a year we scored a hundred over a hundred points down there, and then in one year where we were lucky to get out of there with a win. Exactly, so. exactly. So um, I I hope our focus is a little bit better than I thought it was Tuesday night. 
And that was one thing, yeah, you mentioned with us in the post game where you didn't think that same focus, that same 100% energy was there. Now, fourth quarter, you guys were able to amp it up a little bit and turn El Dorado over, lead to easy baskets, and go from a 10-point game to almost a 30-point game at the snap of a finger. But I think that is one focus for you, especially with your team, is just to keep saying you got to keep this focus 100% all the time. Yeah, without question, that's um, – that – has been uh, one of the biggest struggles with this group of guys. They're they're good kids, um, but they're kind of what I call a one-hour practice team. You'd like to have a team that could focus and stay with it for an hour and a half, and it it seems like sometimes with these guys, we can put in about one hour of good hard work, and it's good hard work, and then our minds start to wander. So, um, you know, I don't don't know that we're going to change that this year, but we're going to have to sure get everything that we can out of our one hour then. You've got, I don't know if we talked about it much on Tuesday night, but you've got Jake Alexander sitting at 998 career points and getting close to that coveted 1,000 point mark. And going back and going through some of your record books, it seems surprising that there would only be 12 players with 1,000 or 11 at this point with 1,000 points. And Maybe part of that is the fact that not very many times in the McPherson basketball program do you get to play as many minutes and start as many games as somebody like Jake has had because a lot of the times it's not until you're a junior or senior or the fact that sometimes your seniors, your juniors, they don't get to score as many points in fourth quarters of games, the end of third quarters of games, but still a very impressive accomplishment that Jake will hopefully get at Winfield on Friday night. If not, then it would be a very strange, strange night, but a very cool moment, hopefully, for him tomorrow night, or if not, at some point later on this season. Well, I, I certainly hope it's tomorrow night. Um, it is. That, that's a nice uh, nice milestone to reach uh, in a high school player's career. And I don't, I'm not sure if he's even aware of it. And I wasn't aware of it until you brought it up to me. I bet Grandpa Danny was. Yeah, Grandpa Danny might. But um, – <laughs> Like you said, there there've been so many years where uh, if you if you were a junior, senior, starter, whatever, th- where you weren't playing the fourth quarter usually. Um, so, um, and and you're right, Jake has played. I think he's going to end up playing what ninety five games. He's at eighty seven right now. Eighty seven games, or so. Uh, that's right up there in the number of games played. So. Um, he, he's done a good job, and, and uh, you know, it's a, a well-deserved milestone to reach. Do you think him and Chad could have one heck of a one-on-one battle <laughs> if you take Chad from 18 years old against Jake this year? I think it would be a pretty good battle. Uh, Chad was really good. Yeah. What, what was Chad's style of game? Well, you're asking. I'm not that old, Jim. <laughs> no, sorry, Chad. But uh, Did you coach him as like on like a freshman no, team? No, I never had the opportunity to coach okay. him. Okay. So he didn't I, play for the freshman team. I Yeah, I saw him more. I mean, I saw his whole career. And, and Chad was just a very level-headed, very cool under pressure. And just he could back guys down and shoot that little fade away and, of course, could shoot the three from the corner. So uh, if Chad at 18 and Jake at 18, sorry, Jake, I'd take Chad. <laughs> I think that makes his dad probably feel pretty good. Well. Well, I bet he's listening over you, at People's Bank today. You don't play at Oklahoma today. State by accident. No. Right? With Big Country. Big Country. Well, Eddie Sutton, obviously, you know, 
he's a pretty good talent evaluator, too. And I bet, especially back in those Arkansas Razorback days. Well, I'd forgotten he'd been there. And you got to remember, he also, I think, played with Doug Gottlieb, who couldn't shoot a lick. Yeah. So they needed somebody who could shoot it. Yeah. I like Doug Gottlieb sometimes. He, he was a solid point guard but he just couldn't shoot he's been an interesting media character the last couple of years he likes to come in with a lot of hot takes and really be explosive about takes. things yeah steve and i aren't quite the hot take people steve is a little bit more than me but i'm, I'm not really a explosive hot take saying lebron is the worst player of this generation things like that that are crazy I, i'll take chad over over doug gottlieb well yeah <laughs> All right, let's take one more break on the show today. We've got Coach Kinnaman in studio with us. One more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE on a snowy, well, I guess not snow anymore, icy cold Thursday afternoon, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, and boys coach Kirk Kinneman for McPherson High. We've been talking a little bit about the Jayhawks and K-State from Tuesday night. We've been talking a little bit about the Bullpups coming up tomorrow night as well as the next couple of weeks, tomorrow night on the road at Winfield. But what are some of the other things that you are looking forward to in these next three or four games? What are some of the things that you want to see from your team continue to do to improve? I want to see us continue to get better defensively. It seems like that's all I ever say. I want to, um, you know, there are certain things that, that we need to work on when, when we have to help off the, the dribble, and I want to see us be able to rotate and help the helper better, do a better job of that. Uh, honestly, I'd like to see us shoot the ball better. I, you know, I think we're, we're better shooters uh, than what we've shown. Um, so those those are two of the main things. Uh, you know, I am looking forward to the new postseason format. Yeah, and and how it all shakes out. I think it's way closer to being a fair uh, setup than it's been in the past. Uh, you know, just unfortunately this year the the west side of the five wow. A bracket is loaded and the east side is is not so loaded. Do so. you do you regret that we could have had one more year in four A? <laughs> when you look at four A this year, I mean. It's Miege and the Lilliputians. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Miege is just gonna, it's gonna be such a cakewalk this year that uh, they won't even they won't even be tested. When you look at four A, four A is even it is really weak this year. Well, yeah, I I don't want to talk bad about another class, but uh, your our odds would be better playing in that four A than the five A. Not that we can't get it done at that five A level. That's always our plan. That's always our goal, but. Uh, you're right. I think uh, Miege probably is the class of the field, and in 5A, I, you know, I don't know that you can say who. You got, there's so many good classes. You got six teams that are just out, super outstanding. Well, I, uh, and I agree, and and we had one of those teams, you know, down with with Jake out with an ankle injury. Down so, seven at the half. Yeah. So uh, 
we're certainly capable. The 5A level, Coach Strathman has said it a couple of times, on their girls' side, it's really, really good at the top. That the top five or six teams are just extremely good. Where Class 5A on the boys' side in the West, it is really, really good at the top. Then it's also very balanced. Where you look at maybe a Newton team that's lingering around in the middle. They're 9-6 and six and have one of the best players in the state. You've got Andover in that mix right there. Hayes is a good team. They're 8-7. and seven. Capen is pretty good. They're 8-9. and nine. It's just so balanced. And that's why we keep talking about these seedings and making sure you get into a good spot. Not necessarily for your second game on where you go, but who you draw in the first game. Oh, exactly right, Jim. And uh, It does make it harder to work ahead because you don't know who's going to be in your pod and, and, and you don't know who you're going to face. But uh, I think you're exactly right. Newton is a scary team. Oh. As, as I've always said, uh, if you have a team that has a really outstanding player, you got a chance. And you forget about they have a six-seven guy inside that's big and strong. Peterson, and, and, you know, uh, Demarius. Um, those two guys. Uh, so it's it's curious that Newton has lost the games that they have. Maybe they. I know they lost to Dodge City. Maybe I saw that on film early in the year. So, uh, but I think they're very good and. Uh, Somebody's going to be unhappy when they draw Newton in that first round game. Let's hope it's not you. Well, I, well you're fine to take on anybody. Sure. I guess that's your mindset. That's that's what your mindset has to be. And we'll just hope you'll be happy with your first game. We'll we'll play who we play. All right. Well, we will wrap up today's show, Coach Kinneman. Thanks for coming in. I know I you'll you'll it. be tuning into the Fort Hayes State Tigers tonight, taking on Pittsburgh State. You're not making the trip. I'm not making the trip, but. My lovely wife is making the trip. Has she already left? Um, she should be gone, but if she's on Cindy time, she's probably getting close to leaving. There you go. Well, we appreciate you coming in today and enjoying your snow day. Go, go have a fun practice and keep everybody in line. All right. Thanks, Jim. Wrapping up today's show for Coach Kinneman, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow as the Bullpups get ready for Winfield. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.